Greetings, everyone. This is the Sound Health Options Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is on sabbatical working on the Sound Health Portal, which is very exciting. That'll be really cool. It's so nice to be able to just go online and do vocal profiles and not have to load up a computer. It's amazing. So today we have the perfect guest, Dorothy Kuhn. And that's all I'm going to say for the moment. I'll tease you with that. Perfect for these times. Just perfect. And this is what I'll say this now because this is definitely one of those shows where you're going to want to listen to this again and or send it to your friends because they're going to need this. I just can I just know from reading her materials and listening to talks she's done that you're going to want to know more about Dorothy Kuhn and her work and how we can feel empowered. So to do that, about 15 minutes after the show, you can go to soundhealthoptions.com, click on the radio tab, and the replay will be there at the Blog Talk radio page. And or you can go to any of your podcast aggregators, which means iTunes or Pocket Cast or Dog Catcher or Podcatcher or, you know, pick a catcher of your choice. I personally like uh, either a Stitcher or Pocket Cast because they're all cross-platform and you can use them on your computer. And search for Sherry Edwards is the keyword, and you'll find any of our over 700 hours of shows there. And this is one of those shows, both with Pocket Cast and Stitcher, you can easily share the link to the show so people will be able to listen to it and really pass this around. I just, I know. So I do have one announcement, and then I'll uh, bring Dorothy in. This also seems interesting in this time. Uh, I'm in California, and the title of the article is Governor Jerry Brown Signs Bill Requiring California Corporate Boards to Include Women. I have no editorial. Well, I I do have an editorial. It's about time, not that he had to do it, but if that's what it takes to get women onto boards, okay, go Jerry. I'm, you know... I'm certain Dorothy will have comments on this. But I think, well, I think a bunch of things. I think I'll just put this in the show notes and in the link in the chat for people to look at. But he signed a bill in California stating that women have to be starting being added to boards. You know, we need to start turning this thing around. It's just uh, stunning. So I'll just leave that there. I could say so much more, uh, but I won't. Uh, it's mm, These are amazing times in which we live. I've said that for decades. I just didn't know that's what this would look like now. And with that, Dorothy Kuhn grew up believing if she was nice and worked hard, things would turn out fine. She was a bit of a chump. Fascinated with how cool the world is, she had le- had to learn all about it, studied science. She graduated in physics and math, won her first professional position knowing more quantum mechanics than anyone else. People skills were not her thing. Dorothy started her career in military systems, then telecom, financial systems, and more. As the rare woman, she led and managed the people who make it happen. Along the way, she worked with many good men, learning their ways and how to build her status while respecting others. And there were those who did not distinguish themselves in the good man category. She found her superpower. With humor, 
Dorothy shares her stories, strategies, and more on how women and men can understand one another, build highly productive teams, and have fun doing it. She's here to share how you can stand up to those who are out of line so you're not that bystander who wishes you'd said something. Dorothy joins us to share her vision of elevating respect and fun across our land and beyond. Welcome, Dorothy. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Richard. <laughs> oh, what a perfect time. I this was not I, I want the audience to know this was not planned in the sense of like we didn't know what was happening in the government. This just we were scheduled, but it's it's I love it when a plan comes together. Um, it, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, really? Wow. Um, okay. You, this is a longish opening question. You, you graduated in physics and math. You were an early powerhouse in the world of techs, you know, like Texas Instruments and engineering and all that realm. Mm-hmm. Then a deep dive into your health and dementia coming out the other side to developing a recovery system for dementia. And now you're into being a well-known career advancement mentor. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little, can you talk about some a bit about that journey from you were a brainiac in physics and math, which just even saying those words hurts my brain. It's not my <laughs> realm. Physics and math, not my realm. And then you find you have you we'll talk about the dementia part and the recovery from that a bit would you please sure sure so uh i i had uh, uh, all the symptoms of early on that uh just uh, about seven years ago and uh it and there had been the funny things that had been bothering me for years beforehand i i had a, a tick developed in my early 40s on, on my left side where, you know, my shoulder was always, um, you know, uncomfortable and I was trying to get it in a comfortable position. And, uh, uh, you know, it's noticeable. I, I noticed it. Everybody did too. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, I started noticing that, uh, that one of my eyes, you know, you know how you will look off into the, um, into the middle space uh, kind of in that daydreaming mode that I that I hope our listeners are in from time mm-hmm. to time is so powerful. But I would yeah. notice that that one of my eyes would kind of sw- have have this kind of swimmy quality in its vision, um, and and I didn't have any explanation for that. And then you know I just you know, I was I was working in a Fortune 50 uh, company running huge uh, technology projects, and you know, there were people would say, "Well, you remember when?" Blah 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 blah. I would have no memory of that, and I'd, I've always had a great memory, but I didn't have any memory of that. And that, you know, happened, you know, again and again and again. And then the thing that really got me uh, off the uh, put me into action was on a Sunday when I was talking to my two grown kids uh, of something that had happened the day before, as though we hadn't already had that conversation the day before. And my daughter was looking at me like, what's going on with you, mom? What's going on? So I, I could not pretend anymore that I had the good memory that I'd always had. So the next day I, uh, I have this uh, wonderful functional medicine doctor here in, in the Dallas market 
uh, and I called her for, for a referral. I thought that what I needed to see was a neurologist. What's going on, Dorothy? Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, I told her uh, essentially what I just mentioned, and she said, you, you know that I went into this field because dementia runs in my family, and I knew I had to solve it or get it. I'm like, no, I didn't huh. know that. We never talked about that. She said, I can see you this week. So I went in. I, I did exactly what she said to do. She gave me a, a particular kind of neurological assessment and, uh, and treatment. And, uh, and within eight days, I was complimented for, for having a great memory. And that hadn't happened in over a year. Wow. So, you know, it's, um, there are things. So, so um, uh, I'll say that, you know, I thought that that would be, you know, a great you know, business model to, uh, to dive into since so many people are moving into, into that age uh, where that's where dementia is a real threat. And he, um, uh, what I found out was that people were kind of morbidly fascinated with that topic, but they did not want to identify with it. And people rarely uh, want to spend their time and money uh, on avoiding a future problem. Which, which is the, the smart strategy to take. We are much more inclined to solve pain that's, you know, current now uh, in our world. And, and uh, unlike um, me, most, most people ignore the symptoms really way too long, way too long. So, yeah. uh, so, so I, I thought, well, Dorothy, you know, you've, you've, uh, you know, graduate, you've decided that you've graduated from managing huge technology projects. What, what else is your superpower? Well, it's the superpower that you mentioned at the top of the show. Right. That, that's, that's amazing. And I'll, I'll toss in that uh, we were talking backstage a bit. I was, I've had, got my herbal degree in this, actually in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And so, that was always a tricky part in, in herbalism. There are herbs that are called tonics, like ginseng is a, like a classic tonic. Mm-hmm. And a tonic is a long-term beneficial effect. Now, in the Pacific Rim, where they, they have a culture of using herbs as a lifestyle, they cook mm-hmm. with them, they eat them. They, you know, they, so the idea of a tonic, long-term beneficial effect, is understood. That was always mm-hmm. an, a, a tricky arena in the world of American herbs we still have tonics but the idea of getting people to exactly as you said to take something that's going to have a long-term beneficial effect people never think that way or they Mm -hmm. you know if i i had another career was i was a chef for a long time so i'll say this that if you have a tip of your finger at a bag of ice because you've had an accident in the kitchen you we know what to do we instantly go to the hospital we get it fixed we get to take but the, the idea of let's not cut your finger or let's be preventive or prophylactic care is mm-hmm. just not I completely understand I so identify yeah. Yeah. for the same reason it's just amazing how we you know oh I have this now can we fix that it's, yeah. it's amazing that's just yeah, amazing it, it really is so so if anyone you know you're always free to reach out to me you know if somebody you know has has those early uh symptoms or funny body symptoms uh or uh you know, uh, I, I had a whole variety of things that, that were happening. Uh, excess eczema was uh, was happening, and that's your body trying to get rid of 
you know, toxins that are within it. We take in stuff. It has toxins. There are, you know, pesticides on foods. And, you know, you just have to, like, live in America to be, you know, exposed to a fair amount of that, even if you try to eat a, a fairly, you know, organic, uh, uh, toxin-free uh, diet. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if there's somebody that I can, I'm happy to make a referral over uh, to my doctor. I don't do that work anymore but uh, happy to hook people up because it is possible if you catch it early to turn, you know, those, those symptoms of early dementia around. Now, I keep doing my same practices that, that she has uh, counseled me on to this day. It's, it's a lifestyle. And it's a good lifestyle. I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of it. I, 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 I want us to talk about what you're doing now, but I really want people to understand that what you're doing, because I've read a bunch of material about you, that I know that you're doing, that the work that you repaired yourself with was really diet, nutrition, and exercises or practices, depending upon how you <laughs> call those. And mm-hmm. so that that's the, everything that you're doing is a good lifestyle to begin with. So you've repaired yourself, you actually empowered yourself, which I think is carried over into your work now, although mm-hmm. you've always seemed pretty empowered. <laughs> you've always seemed pretty much like, all right, we're doing this, whatever. We're doing this. Um, so it, everything that you're doing is great. So, yes, I'll, I'll make a note in the show notes that if people want to contact you about that, that's not what you're really doing now, but you have information and you know, mm-hmm. can refer people out because yeah. it's that's a thing that if you catch it, you can stop it and turn it around. Right, it, right. It's, uh, it's, leveraging the, uh, the the intrinsic uh, plasticity of the brain, neurons uh, reconfigure themselves all the time. When they do that, you are learning. And if you've had a part of the brain that is damaged, you know, and you can see if you've known somebody who's gone through a stroke and gone through the rehab that comes after, this is. Not the same as that, but it's analogous to that. That, that would be the thing that a, a, a normal person might be familiar with that's similar. Right. And I think if they added the diet piece to that, recovery from mm-hmm. stroke, that would be amazing. Yes. But let's move. Yes. But let's not. We could, that, we could do a whole show just about that. Um, I see that on, in your list of now being a mentor, a w- women's mentor or a mentor in general, that I see that... Uh, up high on your list is good health. Is that really a, you know, or actually let me ask it a a different way. How high is good health on your list of mentoring? Well, it's, it's like the foundation. If you're, if, if you're not in good health, you know, uh, uh, strategies and, and tactics, uh, you know, what I uh, teach women now is really how to show up in, in high status to create that local star power for themselves. Uh, uh, particularly in the face of challenge, how to recognize challenge and, uh, and uh, uh, upend it with a bit of fun and determination. Uh, but with, without good, good health, it, it's hard to have the energy, to have the gumption to do it, to be a creative, uh, you know, have just enough creative uh, thinking going on so, so that you can. Yeah. Again, a rule of life. Yes. <laughs> Without good health, it's hard to, period. It's hard, exactly. <laughs> and I want to jump right in with, I saw this uh, quote from you about this. What is the 13-second rule to raise your status and build respect? Oh, well, 13 seconds is all it takes to change people's opinion of you uh, and, uh, and to change the course of your life. 
It's it's absolutely powerful. It's uh, and and it's powerful because we live uh, in in a world where people come together and we are neurologically. Your brains are set up to very quickly assess somebody else and make a decision. Uh, and and that part of the, I'm going to talk about kind of three major parts of the brain. One is the neocortex. That's our conscious brain. That's the part that we like go to school for and uh, let's just do English and physics and math and stuff like that. Um, uh, and then there's the midbrain. It's a, it's a more ancient part of the brain uh, than the neocortex, the newest part of the brain, and the biggest part and the most energy-sucking part is the neocortex. But the midbrain processes social interaction, who's up, who's down, who's in, who's out, uh, status-related things. And people make a lot of decisions on status. A lot of decisions on who's in and out. Uh, and they're instantaneous kinds of, of decisions. And faster and more ancient yet is uh, the brain stem, often called the crocodile brain or the reptilian brain. You've probably heard those terms before. And that is the lightning fast part of, of your brain. It is connected directly to your nervous system and to your gut. It does not talk to the neocortex. It doesn't do language. It asks uh, at, at that gut and, uh, and nervous system level only for questions. There's something in front of me. Am I going to eat it? Am I going to kill it? Am I going to uh, run away from it? Or in the interest of that the species must exist through time, am I going to mate with it? We're not doing that here. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's lightning fast. If you stepped into your backyard and out of the corner of your eye uh, uh, saw a snake, you will jump like lightning, right? All yeah. the way across the yard you'll be, just Boy, instantaneous. And yeah. you'll turn around, your heart will be racing wildly, you know, you'll, uh, you're, all, all the energy will you know, go to your arms and legs. You are ready to run from that point of danger. And you know, even, even if you turn around and look at it and, uh, and you say, oh, that was a stick. <laughs> it takes minutes, many minutes for all of those instantaneously released brain hormones that your crocodile brain has, has set loose. It takes uh, minutes and minutes and minutes for those to calm down so your heart rate returns to normal, your breathing returns to normal, etc. And uh, those are the three parts of the brain. The parts of the brain that make decisions are that crocodile brain, that really fast part, and the, uh, and the midbrain that processes social interactions. And this is why status is so important, particularly for women and, uh, and persons of, of color, because we all know it's very apparent uh, in, in, you know, Western culture, you know, what the hierarchy is, you know, white men at the top. And, you know, I'm, I've got lots of good white men friends, but, but I'm not talking about people here. I'm talking about uh, stories and hierarchical structures that, that are the unstated reality behind the kinds of social stories that we tell. And figuring this out was critical for me when I was transitioning from being a really geeky, you know, technology gal in, into leading and managing because, I, because you can't lead and manage if you're not respected. So how to do that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And it happens in 13-second yeah. chunks. 
It happens in 13-second chunks. And then the strategy uh-huh. for how to build momentum based on a 13-second uh, chunk. You want an example? Please. Okay. This, this will be fun. You'll like this. Um, so I'm um, – I'll tell kind of uh, – these, these are both uh, – uh, one is a more social form that, that shows up at work. It showed up at work for me. And another is a more formal uh, form that uh, that happens at work. So the the social one first. I'm I'm a young engineer, uh, working uh, at a technology company, military systems. We were doing nuclear threat analysis. You know, uh, back in the day, I can tell you, nobody wins a nuclear war, nobody. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm I was walking down the hall, in my you know dress for success suit and hose and pumps. And there's a group of uh, folks uh, ahead of me, uh, a couple of younger women uh, around my age, and uh, uh, a couple of uh, men, you know, around the age of my dad at the time. And I walked up, joined the group, didn't say anything at first. And and I hear out of uh, the gentleman's mouth who's standing just uh, one side of me, um, well, I think it's okay for, for women to be software engineers. I, I get that. But I don't think they should be allowed to be hardware engineers. Mm. Uh, and he's talking to uh, the other woman who's just on the other side of me. Uh, and so I just I kind of glanced at her and grinned. And I said, well, I don't think men should be allowed to speak in public. It's too embarrassing for them. And rolled my eyes over at him. So, you know <laughs> You got to have a little bit of fun with it and stand up. And people were like, "Coon, <laughs> you got it going on there." But you know, you can see that took less than thirteen seconds. I've never had one of these interactions take more than thirteen seconds. And hmm. it's really important to be brief and to the point, and uh, and use. Uh, if any of our listeners have ever taken an improv class. These are some of the same skills that you would learn uh, in improv, you know, pl- plus some things that are, that are particular so that you respect yourself and respect other people and, and move the needle on, on equality. Wow. What if uh, the, I, I'm wowing at, well, the, the whole idea is wow, but the idea that, we are building these skills based on 13-second decisions. That reptilian brain really is the brain that makes us... I was in the restaurant business for almost 20 years as a chef. And so when you're running a kitchen and you're in the kitchen working the line, you're, you're managing 20 to 30 items at a time, casually. Right. Uh-huh. It's when you're cranking, you're managing up to 50 because uh-huh. you have to be watching how everything's set, what's going on, especially if you're the chef for the kitchen or the sous chef managing, running and making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. And it's all reptilian. Mm-hmm. And I had never yeah. thought about that until this second, that it really is reptilian because it's, you're monitoring all those things and it's all split-second decisions. You hear something, you smell something, you see something, you see somebody making the wrong move, and you accumulate all those split-second decisions Mm-hmm. based on what you do next. Right. And that's really an amazing aha for me, that that's really, wow. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and, um, and in, in the work that I do with, with clients, uh, you know, it's, it's understanding what, what those uh, 
uh, methods are, um, understanding before the methods come, what's the situation to be situationally aware. So that that was a really different situation from the the more formal situation and and how I had to respond in a a way that was similar but but qualitatively different uh, because the audience was different and the situation was, was different. You want to hear that one? Yes, please. Uh, and it's really important just to have a whole lot of practice uh, with this stuff and to be able to, when when people are new at doing this, that it's important to be able to clean up the fears that come up because because fear will come up when you're doing something new like this. And and one of the things that uh, that my, my clients just love the most is being able to untangle those fears at, from their psyche so so that they can do these things that that they know, uh, you know, through the work to to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, f- a few years uh, uh, later, I'm giving a presentation this is again in military systems at Texas Instruments uh, here in the Dallas market, and uh, uh, we had uh, a customer a customer briefing come in. So the bird colonel and his phalanx of lieutenant colonels was sitting at the far end of uh, uh, the conference room table, and uh, uh, Every person on the team, including myself, uh, uh, had, had their part of the presentation to do. We were uh, uh, up-leveling some algorithms uh, to uh, make, you know, the hard radar system hardware that was already in the field uh, more effective at being able to um, to identify uh, threatening ships at sea. So, um, so I was I was third up. And uh, as I was uh, starting my presentation, I was just a couple minutes into it. Uh, it. It was about radars. Radars depend upon the range uh, and what it is that you can measure, you know, once you bounce those radar signals off of something that reflects back. And so I'm two to three minutes into it. And he says, you know, we don't believe the range. Well, I just, you stopped me cold in my tracks. I looked at that guy. I looked at him hard. This is important. So count 13 um, backwards. Uh, and I looked at him. I didn't know what to do. I took a deep breath. I was enraged. Anger is a good thing. Um, I looked at and and I knew that I could not disrespect my, my customer. And I could not look weak. I looked down at the table. I put my fists on the table and I took a really deep breath. I had no idea what to do. And I took another one. And on that second was doing that is kind of like going to the well of wisdom. And, and after that second breath, I just automatically knew what to do. I turned around, I took the pointer pointed at the, uh, at the information up on the uh, display screen. And I said, I've ranged in my data and just went on with my presentation. Hmm. He didn't say another word. Uh, and at the, you know, end of this, he he and and the lieutenants um, uh, left, and you know, we as a team had our had our normal kind of debrief after a customer meeting, and uh, you know what we were going to do next, and blah blah blah. We're walking out of there, and my colleagues are like slapping me on those shoulders, and Coon, you you totally nailed it. This guy has been such a dick for years. We never knew what to do. And, and, and you did it. You were great. So that, I mean, that was 13 seconds to, you know, raise my status and, you know, 
one of the things you may know this from I uh, have seen this a lot in kitchen work that that people uh, and some people more than others, but a lot of people like to challenge one another. Yeah. And when you presume it's a challenge rather than people are being uh, disrespectful or mean or any of those other kinds of descriptions, you know, people will challenge you only if they think you're up to it. If they don't think you're up to it, they won't bother. Mm-hmm. So consider mm-hmm. it an honor to be challenged and come back in a way that uh, that really solidifies your personal presence and power and you will raise your status. Wow. Okay, we're going to take a short break because I want to. This is a announcement for our sponsor, uh, but I have a follow up to that because you've just blown my mind. We'll okay. Be right, we'll be right back. You bet. Soundhealthportal.com. The body's vocal indicators move with every frequency set that goes from your brain to any part of your body. We have a Dr. Russ Rudy who came to us on a scooter. He had multiple sclerosis. Frequencies of his nerves were dead from the waist down. I'm speaking as a physician and a patient. Uh, I went down the medical road first. I didn't get any answers that were acceptable to me. You know, when they hear something like, I'm going to listen to you speak, and I'm going to analyze, and I'm going to play tones for you and make you better, it just sounds so foreign to what we're expecting. And it took us from November of one year to May of the next, and it regrew the nerves from his waist down. So now we can believe it because it was science. I've seen it work in so many cases. I'm proof of it. I mean, nobody, nobody five or six years ago would expect me to be doing what I am today. Join us at soundhealthportal.com. So things that are out there that we don't have very good treatment for, why shouldn't they be allowed to try something different? So what's blowing my mind about what you just said about if they did, they wouldn't do it to you if they didn't think you could handle it was mm-hmm. the, the original chef that I I can't say I, well, I did train under, but that I would just had a job, but I did eventually figure that I trained under him. Would he was German and spoke with an English accent, which was always fascinating. And mm-hmm. he would he would come up and just get right in my face and just go off on me about a mistake. I mean, just loud, aggressive, gnarly. Wow. And the first time mm-hmm. it happened, it just like blew me away. But then an hour later, he might say, you know, want to sit in the back room and chat and, you know, have dinner. You know, once, mm-hmm. once he was over it, once he did that, he was completely over it. And after I'd worked for him for a number of years, eventually he wanted to retire and wanted me to replace him in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So what's blowing my mind is that I knew he respected me, but it took me a while to get past the him blowing up. So yeah. this this leads to the, can you say a little more about the anger is a good thing, how you transformed that anger in that moment, how you turned that into a power tool? Sure, sure. I mean, I, I, I was angry. I worked hard on this, and it was, it was good work. But just because that's true for you or for any one of our listeners uh, uh, doesn't mean that other people um, uh, know it. And, and they don't know it at the same level that, that you do. They can't perforce. So, uh, so they will 
poke holes. You can think of this in, in physics. We have this, uh, this notion of uh, uh, exploring the physical world uh, in a kind of a black box uh, uh, metaphor where, you know, a black box in that there's no light. We can't see what's going on inside, you know, a molecule or uh, in, inside, you know, a subatomic particle or, or something that way. And so we'll poke it. From the, from the outside with different kinds of energy uh, and, and see what happens and, and learn from that. You can use that as a, as a metaphor for what, um, you know, like executives will do. You know, if you want to be an up-and-coming executive in your company, if you're working for a, for a company where you've got, uh, where there are levels of management above you, then one of the things that, uh, that those people at those higher levels have to do uh, is to really be able to, to make quality decisions at speed. And part of the way that, uh, that they do that is by testing how, comf- how sure you are. This isn't so much a confidence issue as a surety issue. How sure you are of what it is that you're saying. And if you crumble, they're, they're going to, you know, and they don't have time to do all the work that, that you have, have to do. They're relying on you to do all of that more detailed work. But if you crumble then, uh, in, in the face of a challenge, then they will be, you know, within their rights to presume that, that maybe you haven't done the work. Uh, uh, maybe there's some pieces that you haven't told them, you haven't told them the risk or the issues uh, uh, in the work, and you haven't set the frame for success. So setting that frame for success is a related skill so, so that uh, you're, the, the people that you report to, uh, the, the people that you sell to, uh, the, the people that you want to influence have the ability to, to even, even if they might have started out with a, a different point of view, but they'll have the ability to accept what you say when you frame it correctly uh, in, in a way that lets them know you're solid. Mm-hmm. So you're actually presenting, or do you, you 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 present competently with what you've gathered, partially in these thirteen second snippets, but also in your you present with a just like what you did when this colonel challenged you. Mm-hmm. You just paused. Really, it's it's the power of the pause. It's the power of, the power of the pause. like all like, you know on that me. They had no idea everybody what was, I was looking at you and they wanted yeah. to see if you were going to crumble or if you held mm-hmm. your space and you held mm-hmm. your space. You took a deep yeah. breath and didn't throw a heavy object at his head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't upset. I was right. determined. And I was right. solid in my knowledge, and and he knew it, and and he had he had to be able to size that up. Right. It's lizard mind. It's lizard mind to lizard mind in a certain way. Mm-hmm. He was you were that thirteen second read on him, and then he was counterbalance you know counterbalanced to see if you were going to crumble. Kind of like, you know, I go a lot back to the as you said with the lizard mind of in the early days of you know people in the cave. It was like. Go out, get food, don't get eaten, get back to the cave. You know, exactly. those 13 second snippets of you did the same thing in the sense of you sized him up, you paused, you breathed, and then you presented. And he, mm-hmm. he, had, he respected that because you didn't run, you didn't, you didn't flight or fight, you didn't anything. You just presented and moved on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's very powerful. It, it's extraordinarily powerful, and it's learnable. It's totally learnable, and uh, and the things that uh, that uh, 
you know, clients uh, so typically need is, is not just the, the – this is a tactical thing. Pardon me. A tactical thing to do. Do it in the moment when the moment comes up. So it's a tactical skill. The str- it, it needs to live with, within a larger strategy to be able to get you where you want to go. And to get where you want to go, know where you want to go. And a lot of people who are living their lives, being good people and working as such, kind of, well, I'd like to be, uh, you know, uh, managing that, but, oh, I'm not so sure. It's, you know, it's a lot of work. I don't want to, you know, work even longer hours than I'm working now. And, you know, I want to be able to, you know, see the kids grow up and, you know, all, all those kinds of normal human uh, considerations have. And, and so, so these 13 second uh, uh, rule tactics are, are, you know, it's the point of the spear of, of the spear. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the the, uh, the the part that I love to give away because people just they get it, they want it, uh, and and there there are some more things to make it really live in your life, and, and that's the strategy and and being really clear on what it is that you want. Those three parts will carry you a long way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, you wrote this somewhere, but I can't remember where this fits right in. You say, said that when women know how to show they're ready in a way leaders can see it, uh-huh. great things happen. It's true. It's true. And, you know, when we're speaking to other people, you know, the point of language is to guide the other person's mind to where you want it to be, where it's useful for the situation, for the conversation, for the objective that you are doing together with, with that person. Uh, and uh, guiding other people's minds to the right place, uh, you know, is a, is a high-level executive thinking skill. And when you can do it, you know, people will, will realize this person needs to go, you know, up the, be moving up the chain. Well, and I'll go back to your, your confront with the colonel, that you demonstrated exactly that, to, at least as the story comes into my mind, exactly mm-hmm. that, because he challenged you mm-hmm. and being who he was, in the world, I don't know anything about him, but I mean, he's a colonel, so we assume he has yeah. a certain, you know, he, ha- he yeah. had to do a lot of stuff to get there. He had to, had to uh-huh. challenge a lot of people. And he's used to people either challenging, kind of like the chef that used to get in my face, yeah. or challenging or confronting or, or taking that same energy that's coming towards you in an aggressive way and either bouncing it back or choosing just mm-hmm. to pause, mm-hmm. letting that occur and blowing it off mm-hmm. and moving on. Mm-hmm. And, and moving, moving on. And I'd love to, if it's okay with you, Richard, to to, to transition into what's been going on in the country for the past week. Are you cool oh, with that? Oh, boy, howdy. Yes, please. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, uh, I had questions. Go, please. Uh, yes. Good. Wow. So, so you know, what? I, my, my whole social media feed is just blown up with crushing, crushing stories of women and men who have, have been – raped and uh, abused and belittled and it, it's just it, it was a lot to take in and you know my my heart just goes uh, out uh, to those uh, folks um, you know I've, I've uh, you know uh, the spectrum of 
uh, Me Too is kind of broad from the very kind of mild harassment and to, uh, to brutal behaviors uh, by, by some. And the, the thing that is, uh, that is the core of my work that relates to this uh, really is uh, bending social stories. We have a whole set of, of kind of um, subtle but powerful social stories that hold in place, you know, a hierarchy, um, a, a social hierarchy in, in our culture. And that just played out on the national stage um, this, this past week. And I'll give you an example of just how this happens. Uh, you know, a, a friend of mine uh, had, had posted, she was just brilliant uh, on this. This is why this upsets me so, so much, she said. Uh, it, it's uh, as though, uh, you know, what, what has happened to me in, in my rape story, her, I'm speaking as her right now, because um, uh, I don't want to co-opt her story, it's not my story, uh, but uh, uh, is that I said no, and he pushed through, and I said no, and he pushed through, and I said no, and he pushed through, and, and uh, what did uh, the, the Senate Majority Leader say? We are going to ram this thing through. You know, mm. the country said no. You know, the, the massively unpopular you know, uh, uh, candidate for the highest court in the land. No one has ever been uh, less less and less esteemed by the by the public than uh, the person who just ascended, and uh, and people were showing up. You know, paying their own money to go get in front of uh, senators to to get them to vote no. And you know, it's no, 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 and blasting through every time. And the, the parallels to physical rape are are just crushing to people who are survivors, you know, women and men both. Mm-hmm. So what do you do afterwards? What do you do afterwards? And and that has a a, a whole lot to do with uh, with those cultural stories. So you know, I have in in my uh, social media feed people who have the who are on the other side of the aisle on this. And and they're you know blasting through you know he's he's a uh, the, you know with talking points from uh, cable news outlets and you know other kinds of uh, outlets and you know it's it's two different kind of moral model point of views that that people see the same thing from and uh, we run into this in in everyday life as well people have different points of view and and how to uh, to respect the other person enough so that you can build that bridge instead of being in the uh, what's known as the good bad binary where you know one party and sometimes both parties are looking at the other one saying you are the problem you are evil and mean and all that kind of stuff when really they're coming from two different perspectives and uh, back to status the place where you know communication cannot happen between two individuals or groups of individuals, unless they they uh, have a common frame, uh, a common point of view by by which they're communicating, mm-hmm. establishing that first is critical, or no actual communication can happen. That's a powerful thing to get good at in public life, you know, work life, family life. And how do we how do we develop that skill? How do we What's the, you know, like I'll use the term baby steps. Is there a baby steps way that we can get into it rather than 
just be disgusted and walk away and throw up their hands. Throw up. I'll talk about me. Just get disgusted and throw up my hands and walk away. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Rather than that, how do I, how do I engage? How do I? I mean, I'm pretty conversant, and I'm, uh-huh. you know, not unlike yourself. I believe in working with humor and having a, you know, ability to have light banter when need be. But there are times when I'm just like disgusted and want to, you know, something. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, how do we break the boundary? To, how do we break the boundary to get that communication? How do we? What? Uh, so that's a that's a great question. Uh, so so it's a little harder to do this in social media because uh, because it's harder to convey tone in social right. media. But uh, but when so we'll just uh, take the easier case for for now. Well, when when you're person to person, you match their tone, uh, and and the energy. That, that they're coming at you with, match it, uh, and uh, and say something that is uh, you can think of that um, improv. You know, uh, what's what's a ridiculous step or two away from what they just said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but you uh, you have to match their tone uh, and and their energy. And I'll tell you how powerful this is. Uh, uh, people who've had babies and done this. Uh, when you know little kids, when they're trying to learn to walk, they fall down, they hurt themselves, and they just fall and ball because they're hurting, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the easiest way to get them to calm, to self-calm, is is if they're crying, ah, that you make your voice match theirs, ah, the same way, and then you bring that down. We are neurologically uh, wired to uh, we have mirror neurons uh, in in the front of our uh, foreheads. That uh, that help us mirror the other uh, the other person, and you can de-escalate that way. That's great. It's a critical skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you know, recognizing that not everybody's gonna gonna follow in our in our hyper uh, polarized um, uh, and siloed kind of echo chambers uh, in the political sphere, it's less likely. But there are those people who are persuadable kind of in, in the middle. You know, I don't call people, you know, liberals and conservatives and independents. I, you know, I, uh, those, those people in the middle, I think of them as, as persuadable. Because mm-hmm. they are. They hold both of those. There's a moral model that subtends each of, uh, you know, the, the so-called uh, liberal and so-called conservative uh, points points of view. There's a there's a different moral model. Mm-hmm. The one for you you want like the one minute on on the difference between those two moral models. Please, please. This this is the great work of Dr. George Lakoff, L A K O F F, brilliant work, and I'm so glad I stumbled into him. But in in the uh, uh, more progressive and uh, liberal uh, world, the the family model that that is behind that the the moral outlook. That that kind of political philosophy uh, ex- expresses is that, that you know there's a mom and the dad and they are are they're co-equal. Um, you know they may have different roles, but they're both equally human in those roles and equal agents of of raising uh, the the family, regardless of how their role plays out. out. And uh, and they have to be good for themselves and healthy for themselves because wimps and, and sick people cannot raise good children so much. And they teach their children to be good for themselves and good to others so that they can go out and do good in the world. 
whatever good they're here to do. Mm-hmm. And the, the other uh, moral model is a hierarchical model. It's hierarchical. It's gendered. Uh, there's a dad at the top and a mom below that and the kids uh, below that. Uh, and, uh, and in that model, you know, uh, punishment is the way uh, by, by which the kids learn to, uh, to self-regulate themselves so that they do not do uh, bad things. And the evidence that they have become good people is that they go out in the world and do well. And, and the, uh, the not so logical, but the common uh, inference from that is that the, the best people are the people who have done the best monetarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you can see, and, and each of us holds both of those moral models. I tend to, you know, hold the, the, the uh, co-equal one uh, most of the time. But, you know, if you if you're coming between me and the safety of my kids, mama bear's coming out now. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so to be able to to stretch yourself uh, uh, when my clients you know can stretch themselves uh, and, and they do uh, into holding both of those and knowing the situations where one is more appropriate, more useful, more honoring of self and others. Uh, than, than, than the other and being able to make those quick decisions and, and move forward, you know, life opens up. Mm-hmm. And you also say, I want to add this into it because I'm a believer in this, but it's, it certainly seems tricky in these times. You say that they learn to lead with love fueled by integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see more of that. How do we do more of that? So, so being in integrity with, with, with yourself is, is really about, you know, knowing what's really important to you. And, uh, and, when, and when, when you're really clear on that, you can show up very powerfully. You know, uh, uh, Dr. King said, I, I will, you know, not get this quote quite right, but, uh, you know, uh, he said something to the effect of, you know, power without love is, you know, abusive. He had another phrase in there as, as well. It's not coming to mind right now. But love without power is, is uh, weak and ineffective. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, you know, having... Having that love fueled by power, lead with love and, you know, fuel it by power, that really is the, the essence of very, very, you know, clean and integrity with yourself. And does that come from building a pile of those 13-second decisions? Is that how we build that, that, that inner strength of, or integrity to then be able to project that? that sense of love. And I don't mean we have to go around tapping people on the heads with a peacock feather. That's a whole different world. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, the sense of just projecting that into the world, like, yeah. like Dr. King or other thought leaders who the, yeah. the Dalai Lama or, you know, other people who lead obviously with a love sense, but have great presence in how they present it. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yes. So, Ask, ask your, I want to get to the core of your question. Ask it briefly. It's about the, how do we project? I don't mean we have to be, because I think people associate love and soft and mushy. And that's, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of, let's say, the Dalai Lama. 
yeah. who presents as very solid in his decision. He's a person who would stare you in the eyes and not in an mm-hmm. aggressive way, but just a, in a very, you know, solid, integrous, yeah. here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. blessing you with his presence energetically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so leading with the heart, I guess, is really what I'm moving toward, is yeah. how do we bring more of that sense into the business realm since we're kind of taught we're really your that's your specialty is getting us into the business realm how do we integrate that into the world the ground floor on that that's a great question the ground floor on that is is uh, uh giving it a try noticing where fear come comes up and cleaning up that fear Because when we're in fear, you know that the person who breathes the slowest wins. <laughs> and if you're in fear, you're mm-hmm. you're breathing shallowly. You want to run. You know your brain has just done a, a big dump of fight or flight hormones, uh, and uh, you you are not at your best. Mm-hmm. You're not standing in your power. But but you know if if you're afraid of somebody else, guess what? They'll know it. Like that. Yeah. So uh, uh, resolving those inner, and we all have them. You know, when we're little kids, we are meaning-making machines. We do the best we can with our little kid experience and our little kid language skills and our little kid knowledge, and we make meaning out of life. And, you know, it's like five-year-old meetings and growing those meanings up (laughs) to the to the adults you are today is powerful, just mm-hmm. super powerful. That's so interesting. Uh, backstage, we were talking for a moment. I was saying how, you know, in a certain way, I'm, I'm more of a fan of animals. And uh, that is how the wolf pack leaders are picked when they're puppies, is it's the, it's the lowest resting rate, heart rate. Mm-hmm. The, the wolf that comes in with the most ease is mm-hmm. the leader of the pack. Exactly. They have the most, they have that, you know, sense mm-hmm. of I'm here and let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. And so that's a, it fits right into, you know, that kind of information that it really is. We come, we lead with confidence. And I believe that's, as I say, the Dalai Lama or um, I'm, that's the only example I have at this exact moment is mm-hmm. somebody like the Dalai Lama or Martin Luther King or other great speakers mm-hmm. who have mm-hmm. amazing presence. And mm-hmm. part of that presence is their ability to, A, not mm-hmm. be in fear. Mm-hmm. And that's also, since I do a lot of interviews and spend a lot of time talking with people, particularly on radio, silence is really powerful. And and silence, some speakers are really nervous about having silence because it makes some people uncomfortable. But it's, it's a really powerful thing to be able to be present at a microphone, speaking to a group or being on air and being willing to have silence for a moment while people think yeah. about something. Yeah. And by doing that, you can, you mm-hmm. can bring that group into mm-hmm. rhythm with you in a certain way, right. I think. Yeah. And I think that's Very. what you're talking about. Oh, it's very much what uh, what I'm talking about, uh, and, and I'll, I'll wrap up with this one uh, a brief story. I was working for you know a, a Fortune 50 company. We had a big uh, all hands meeting, uh, and uh, my uh, senior 
executive was uh, sitting just uh, to one side of me, and into the room comes uh, another executive from uh, uh, he had flown in just uh, just that morning. And as soon as he walked into the room, I mean, you could just feel him across the, the room. And, and my, my boss, he leans over and uh, says to me, I love that guy. You can feel him across the room. He's just solid. And, you know, he was smart. You know, he was, he was a good executive. And he had that presence. And, and, you know, people all over can feel that. And it's so rare that, that when you learn that, it's a learnable skill. I'm certainly just a whole lot better at it than I was, you know, uh, even five years ago. So uh, being able to do that is, is worth its weight in gold. And here's the deal. The sooner in life you start working on these things, the, the, the better your trajectory in your career goes. You know, today is always the, the best day because we can't roll back time and uh, uh, start learning any one thing five years ago or whatever. But the, the, the earlier in life that, that we start learning how to step into our power, to lead with love and fuel it by power, uh, then those, those are the things that really give people an, an edge on the kind of career they want to have, on the kind of business they want to build, and, and on the kind of wealth you want uh, to, to create both monetarily and relationship-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about it makes me think of um, Bob Berg, who wrote the book The Go-Giver, and I interviewed his, his co-author, David Mann. Mm-hmm. And it's really that exactly. I've, I've met Bob at meetings, and he's very much like that. When you walk in the room, he has a presence. And it's not a dominant presence. Some people mm-hmm. think that presence means domination. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it isn't when you meet somebody like that who really is really just present and really mm-hmm. what does want to help you. And that's how he has gone through life is by helping others which in mm-hmm. turn, you know, goes around, comes around. Yeah. And, it's a, and it's a wonderful thing to meet, you know, as you say exactly that. It's not like the bird kernel that you dealt with initially at the opening of the show was probably doing it by dominance <laughs> rather than Yeah, yeah, he was presence. using dominance. But, but the dominance. manager story or the executive story I just told, he was doing it by presence, just, right. just as you described. Right. And presence is a powerful thing. It's amazing. People love to feel well held. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the wolves. The wolves mm-hmm. are, you know, follow the pack leader because they're confident that, you know, and they very much are a family-oriented group of animals. I mean, they really live together and play together, and every 30 minutes they stop and play, and they really pay attention to what they're doing. But they follow mm-hmm. the pack leader because they know the pack leader is part, you know, is the leader of safety. Go out and uh-huh. follow that person. We know we're good with that person, and that's what you want is a wonderful, confident leader. Yes. So I'm, I'm shocked to find I'm now asking you, we're at that time. I want to ask, do you teach classes online? How do people work with you? I, I, I do. I have you know, a one-on-one clients, and I'm uh, soon offering a, a group uh, session. In fact, I've got a, a session this, this week. Uh, that I'll be so if people want to get into that uh, session and really dive into what's behind all all the stuff that happened, you know, at the uh, uh, 
at the national level here over the past uh, a week or so, how that has all played out, what is brought up for you, and how to process that in a in a way that is uh, is powerful for for you, and how to use the 13 second rule in your day to day life, so so that you can build that status a piece at a time. Uh, in order to uh, to move forward and and really show up as as the powerful loving person uh, you are meant to be. So that, that place is uh, is dorothycoon dot com slash gift. Okay, I'll put you that in show notes. That? Yes, show please. Notes? Yeah, there we go. Spell yeah, please do uh-huh. spell it for the audience. Yeah, Dorothy is D O R O T H Y, and Coon is K U H N dot com slash gift. Great. And you're starting a session this week. We'll be able to find yeah. information there about that. That's exciting. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I may have mm-hmm. to join so, so they'll sign up and uh, on that, and I'll sell them, send them all the information uh, that they need. It should be ready about this time tomorrow. Okay, great. Wonderful. Well, we'll have to have you back and. There's so many other angles we can talk about this. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's a powerful tool. I'm I'm happy for your journey because you're here now. That's excellent. Yeah, Very and powerful. it's just delightful to be here. What a great show and what a wonderful interviewer you are. This is, uh, it's uh, uh, been, uh, you know, I always enjoy feeling feeling well held, and as a host, you do a wonderful job of uh, of holding the space. So I honor you for that. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.